Our Father, we do indeed understand that eternal life is to know you. We came to know you savingly through the finished work of Jesus Christ applied to us by the Holy Ghost of God. We have been born from above, and because we have, we we understand something about the substitutionary sin-bearing work of Jesus Christ for us as sinners. And so, we indeed came to know you as the God who created us and then found a way to save us in Christ. And yet, Father, the rest of our lives we're, we're spending trying to get to know you better. Because we don't know you, we make so many mistakes in our marriages. Because we don't know you, we make so many mistakes in, in our finances, in, in our recreation. Because we don't know you well enough, we, we choose things that end up hurting us. We say things that we wish we hadn't and could take back. We, um, we've chosen to do things that have brought pain and sorrow, not only to us, but to a lot of other people we love. All because we thought we knew better. And so, Father, have mercy on this people of yours. Give us a fresh supply of grace that we might know you better. And might we discover that at the end of this service today, that we might have incrementally moved forward in our understanding of you who are everlasting beauty. Would you do that, Lord, for us? We ask it in Jesus' name. You uh, hopefully will find yourself somewhere close to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 10. If you know anything about the book of 1 Corinthians, it's fairly famous. It's got a couple of really famous chapters in it. For instance, chapter 13 is the love chapter, you might recall. And then chapter 15 is the chapter on resurrection. But guys, uh, if you know anything about uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, it is a book where the Apostle Paul is doing nothing but dealing with problems. That love chapter and that resurrection chapter, that's in the context of him dealing with Problems, problems that existed in the Corinthian church. Um, one of the problems that we're going to read about today is the, the way they had mismanaged and mistook and mangled the sacrament. Let me read it to you, just a portion of it. This is in 1 Corinthians 10. Um, beginning at verse, let's begin at verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. 
You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Guys, that little section that I just read you is just crammed full of issues. We could, uh, we could spend a lot of time on some of the issues in there. We, we don't have time to delve into them. But um, suffice it to say that the Apostle Paul is trying to correct a problem that existed in Corinth. And if I could just give you a, kind of a generalization, a kind of a summary, kind of a step-back summary of what, he, what I just read, it's something very generally speaking like this. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. Did you notice he says, I do not want you, you cannot, you cannot. What he's saying is, listen, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way. He even says in chapter 11, a little bit later, uh, don't come to this table unworthily because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And um, if you come the wrong way, there's all kinds of things that you can uh, violate. Even becoming an idolater, he mentions. I mean, that's where he opens. You know, flee from the idolatry. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this. There's a right way and there's a wrong way to take this sacrament. Now, guys, um, once a month, Gracie Van offers this sacrament. And um, every month I feel compelled to say something that I hope will help you understand what's going on. Folks, um, we evangelicals, particularly in the South, we're not comfortable with ritual or liturgy. You know, all that candle lighting stuff. That belongs to somebody else. That's not us. I mean, maybe Christmas, but. We're not comfortable with that stuff. And um, thus, on, in many evangelical places, the Lord's Supper is observed once a quarter. And then they stick it at the end of the service because, you know, we really don't know what to do with this thing. We know we're supposed to do it, but we're only going to do it about four times a year. And then we're going to stick it at the service so we can get through it pretty quick. We don't do it like that here. Guys, this service, once a month, is, is much different than the other three or four we have every month. It's different. Um, it's different in a lot of ways. For instance, usually the, the sermon is the longest thing that we do in this in our worship service. Not today. The focus is not on my sermon. The focus is on this sacrament. Uh, we, we, we don't put it at the end of the service for a reason. You know, kind of a tack on after my sermon. Guys, this is the service. The sacrament is the service. Um, another way it's different. That is, this Sunday is different than the others. Sermons turn people into spectators. I mean, if, if I'm just preaching, you got to do what you're doing right now. Just, you know, kind of looking at that ugly mug of mine. But sacraments make participants out of you. You know, if you fall asleep while I'm preaching... May the fleas of a thousand camels nest in your armpits. But, but if you fall asleep while I'm preaching, you know, nobody maybe even will notice. But if you fall asleep during this sacrament and they start passing it in your aisle, you're going to be one embarrassed woman or man. Because you've got to participate. Now, when I'm preaching, oh, you can be a spectator. But not, I mean, this is, this is participation on your part as you handle these elements. A third way. The essence of this service is not what you hear, but what you see. 
Gang, a sacrament is a symbol. It's a symbol, guys. Now, what is it that becomes vivid in your imagination while we do this? What is in your mind's eye as you handle these common elements? Let me tell you, if it's anything other than Christ, you came to the wrong table and you came wrongly. These symbols... You know what they are, folks. You know what a symbol is. A symbol points to a, a deeper reality. The, the, the illustration I use all the time, you might, might hear it once a month, is the American flag. The American flag is comprised of, you know, cloth and colors and stitches. But man, that thing moves us emotionally, doesn't it? Because it's a symbol of something dear. And when we see it, certain things are conjured up in our, in our imaginations. Things that can make you cry. That's what a symbol is. This is a symbol. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to spawn things up in your imagination. What it's supposed to spawn is that they're supposed to, these symbols are supposed to, to be a a reenactment. A reenactment of an event that is the centerpiece of Christianity. These items are designed To take you by your little hand and lead you to gaze upon your crucified Christ. You know, I say you're Christ, and I trust that He is. But if he isn't, don't come. Don't, 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 don't partake. Because this is the Lord's table. And Paul says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Folks, these things are supposed to take you in your mind's eye and plant you at the foot of a cross. And if the one hanging there is not your Savior, then don't do this. Just just pass it on to the next person. For the Christian, the, the, the benefit or the, the take-home value, if you will, I hate that, but I, 
if you're looking for what is it that is supposed to happen to me as a believer in this, this is supposed to create an occasion for you to spend some intimate moments with your Savior. Just the two of you. To take you to the place where only you and God go and commune with Him. Let's do that. Our Father, I do pray that you will meet us around these elements, this this sacrament of such import, such significance. I pray that your people might discover that through this method of genius designed by heaven, that we are taken to a place where we are reminded of the very heartbeat of our religion, the sufferings, the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ for someone as wicked as I. Father, meet us, would you? For Jesus' sake. I think you know the story, but if not, here it goes, or here it comes. That on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, probably not like this bread, but what I'm about to do to the bread, he did to that bread, whatever kind of bread it was. He took bread, and and in their presence, he broke it. And and he said, in essence, this is is what is about to happen to me. This is what's about to happen to my body. Now, take, eat it, and do it in remembrance of me.